Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic show this this week in WordPress and SaaS. We've got a great guest. He's got great knowledge about building a SaaS, about WordPress, and about coaching and business in general. We've got Nathan Ingram with us, and he's the person between Master Contracts. I use his product myself. I highly recommend it. I've got my got John Locke, my friend, with me. Andrew is in America as we speak in New York, partying hard listeners. So hopefully he won't be with us next week. We've got Stephen returning next week, Tribe. I know it's confusing, Tribe, but you just have to go with it, won't you? So, John, uh, John, can you quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners? Yeah, I'm John Locke from Lockdown SEO, uh, and we do SEO for manufacturing and industrial companies. And John's got a great YouTube channel. Go over to He's got some great tips about SEO. He really knows his stuff, John. So, Nathan, can you quickly give us a quick 10, 15 minutes intro to the tribe, Nathan? 15 minutes? Absolutely. No, 15 <laughs> seconds. 15 <laughs> seconds, sorry. Brain fart. Oh, no, sure. Glad to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for allowing me on. Uh, my name is Nathan Ingram. I am... Uh, the uh, founder of Monster Contracts, which are proven contracts for WordPress client work. Uh, that product, which we'll talk about in a little while, comes out of my long experience working with clients to build websites. I started way back in 1995. That was the first time we built and sold a site. It was really, really bad and uh, a lot of water under the bridge since then. Uh, I run a small agency here in Birmingham, Alabama, where I am from, called Brilliant Webworks, and we serve uh, small business, nonprofit, and professional firms. Uh, I spend about half my time on the agency side. Uh, so in addition to monster contracts and agency work, I also do some coaching with people who do WordPress work with clients, whether you're a, you would call yourself a freelancer, a solopreneur, or a small agency. I like to help folks get their systems and processes in line and become more profitable and successful in their business, whatever that looks like for them. Uh, and then I'm, uh, and the other thing I do, I have several hats, is I'm the host at I. Oh, we can talk about those during the show, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Just by the way, Nathan, and dealing with difficult clients, is that, yeah. what, is that how you've lost all your hair? <laughs> you know, it, what, what I didn't lose from genetics, that definitely uh, didn't yeah. help things, right? So, that's why I'm losing mine. <laughs> uh, um, but um, it should be a great show, folks. Before we go into the main, the main meat and potatoes, I've got a, um, I've got advert for our main major sponsors. I'll be back in a few moments. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you are just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. 
Hi there, folks. I want to tell you about one of our great new sponsors, and that's Blog Vault. If you're a WordPress professional, you know the importance of having backup. I know that many hosting providers provide a great backup service, but normally they only provide 30 days of backup. And if your client site is hacked, it might be hacked for months before you or your client realizes that you've got a major problem. So what is the solution? Well, I use this product myself. I use BlogVault. BlogVault is the Rolls Royce of backup solutions. You do one full website backup, including the database, and that is stored off-site. So you're not using any hosting resources. And then any updates to the website are backed up not the whole website or the whole database, only the changes. So that really um, reduces bandwidth and hosting usage of your backups. It also is superb, great interface, great support. You get a free staging site with it as well. And migrations, moving your client's website to one hosting provider to the other, is just simple and flawless. I've been using BlogVault for years myself. You should be using it. It is the best solution when it comes to WordPress backups. I see you soon, folks. Bye. We're coming back. I'd like to point out that we've got some great special offers for Castos and BlogVault, um, plus some of the other um sponsors plus some great um recommendations for plugins and services you can get all these goodies by going to wp tonic slash recommendations and nathan's great product is listed on that as well so you just have to go to wp tonic slash recommendations so into the main part of the um of the interview so Nathan um you gave us a quick intro you said you got many hats um maybe how did you originally get into the crazy world of WordPress and web development and design Nathan yeah oh man so uh it goes all the way back to 1995 like I mentioned a bit earlier so uh I my start was really in the nonprofit world I was uh, I, I played several major leadership roles in different nonprofits uh, early on. And, uh, you know, part of working in the nonprofit world is not a very large paycheck. So to make ends meet, I had a number of side hustles. Uh, back in the early days, I was doing IT, some graphic design. When the web happened, web, that was just a natural uh, natural move for me. And so we started doing web in 95. And um, in 2013, I, I was in for years, it was sort of however much time the nonprofit required, then I would you know, do some work in my business just so it all kind of worked out. And that's the beauty of having your own business, by the way. That's a whole other conversation is being able to structure it however you want to, you know, meet your priorities. But uh, since 2013, I've been full-time working in my business. As far as WordPress goes, found WordPress back in 2008 and tinkered for a few years. But by 2010, we were all in. Uh, The only projects we've built since 2010 have been 100% WordPress. Oh, the early days, a bit like me. Right, um, right. Yeah, well, over to you, John. 
So um, your, your one of your main products is uh, a guide on dealing with uh, client issues or, or high-maintenance clients, I guess. What are the most common issues that agencies and freelancers run into when, when dealing with uh, problem clients? And, and yeah. how do those problems come about? Yeah, so... You know, there's, a, there's, goodness, you, you get a group of people together who work with clients and inevitably the conversation is going to come back to somebody's horror story that something awful happened with a client, right? Uh, and so it's a, it is a, it's a normal thing to deal with problem clients. And th- those things show up in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, I have a, a fun talk that I do called Dealing with Problem Clients, Building Fences Around Friendly Monsters, which is where the name Monster Contracts came from. But you know, we talk about four different kinds of problem clients there, but really uh, the way to approach problem clients is not by trying to pick out all the different kinds of problem clients, of which there are many. Uh, it's really building good systems and processes in your own business. And when somebody starts to push against one of those fences that you've built, that's when you know you've got a problem client on your hands. So so what are some of the common things that... that uh, trouble uh, agency owners and, and freelancers? What, what are some of the, the common things that are happen by not having processes in place? Yeah, so um, maybe if we start with the fences and then what happens when those things get, you know, when those things are, are, are you know, there's problems. So the, the four fences that I talk about uh, in, in the presentation in my book, which is the same name, Dealing with Problem Clients, there's an Amazon, Kindle, it's out there. Um, so it's clarity, commitments, communication, documentation. There may be more fences you want to build in your business and in your system, but you have to have at least those four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if one of those is weak, that's where you tend to find the problem clients, uh, you know, trying to weasel their way out of your nice system that you've built. And you have to build fences around your business like that. Otherwise, your clients and problems, they just run all out into the rest of your life and make things really difficult. So when it comes to clarity, it's really about you know, are we, are we speaking the same language? Like, are we clear? Is the client clear what I'm going to do? Am I clear what, you know, I'm expecting the client to do? Do we understand each other? And so that's where a great contract, a great proposal, all those things come into line, just to make sure everybody is clear on what the expectations are out of the gate. If you have unclear expectations, you're going to have problems. It's just going to happen. And that's really important too, especially like when a project is running long, you find that clarity starts to get muddy. So you have to continue to emphasize, no, this is the scope of work and, and this is what we agreed to do. And we might do more, but we have to expand the scope of work and that sort of thing. So that's where clarity issues can start to appear uh, as you work with a client. Um, commitment is the second fence. Commitment is, you know, it, it used to be in the early days when I was, I was just so thrilled to be able to do something I enjoyed doing and get paid by a client to do it that like their commitment to me was just sign the check, like, and I'm yours. Like I, I am whatever you need. And that just doesn't work long-term, right? Like you will, it, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I suggest people do, and especially in a coaching relationship, we unpack this, is how do I design a system and, and systems and processes in my business where there's opportunity for clients to make commitments at key points? Uh, like, for example, if we're building a website, there's a content sign-off, there's a design sign-off, there's a development sign-off, there's a launch sign-off. And if you go backwards throughout that process, then it costs money, right? Like, we're, we're signing off at certain points. We want there to be a reciprocal commitment. Like, I'm not going to commit a bunch of work to you until you've signed off on the thing before. And, 
you know, we're not going to start the work until you commit with a deposit and signing our documents and, and so forth. Uh, there's some other nuance to there that we can get into if you want to. Um, communication, super important. That's the one, that is the major place where projects go off the rails. That's where problems are created. Um, you know, the, the, uh, if you're not communicating, there are going to be issues. If you want to set yourself apart from other people building websites and dealing with any sort of project for a client, clear, regular communication, clear, consistent communication is the key. Uh, and then last of all, documentation. We've got to keep a record of decisions that were made and things that were done. So if you have one of those kinds of clients that forgets decisions they made two weeks ago uh, and that they told you to go one direction, now they want you to go another direction, you have emails to refer to. Written communication is referenceable. So those are the high points, and I'm happy to dig into those however you like. Yeah, I don't know where to begin with this um, <laughs> um, because there's so much useful information you've just put in front of us. I just want to put this to you as a kind of secondary story taken over from John. I think most bust-ups with clients are around miscommunication and total mismatching of expectation, right? Expectations. Right. But there's two subsets. There's the utter con artist who, well, most of what I've just said happens to what I call virgin clients. Virgin clients that never worked with either a freelancer or agency. And a lot of freelancers and agencies, for some reason, expect the client to understand what are the norms of the industry. They don't. Right. Um, but then there's a subset. There's a subset that have utilised agencies, have utilised freelancers, and they have a track record of not paying, right? And then you have, because they find something wrong, they find something wrong because they, they don't want to pay you. Um, but they are a very small minority. Um, the others, I have had clients that have been mentally unstable or they've been alcoholics or on some other substance, in my opinion, because of their behaviour. Um, they tend to want to text you, communicate with you, 24-7, seven days a week right. about how terrible you are. And then they, the next time they see you, they're constantly apologizing for their outbursts. Am I on, this, <laughs> am I on the right track here or am I unlucky? David? No, I, I think you're 100% on the right track. And so, um, you know, what you said at the very beginning is – is part of the whole the whole issue of clarity, right? Like when we don't have a meeting of the minds of, you know, maybe it could be our fault, like we're using industry jargon or it could be the client's fault. They're not telling us everything or whatever. We have to look at our processes and the way we're building and doing whatever it is that we do, whether it's doing SEO, building websites, you know, what social media, whatever it is we're doing, take a hard look with new eyes. And it's even helpful to have people Look in your friends who aren't in the industry, look in on the outside at your process and how you do things and explain things and an answer this question, where are the assumptions in my process? What, what in this process am I assuming the client understands? Uh, where might they be assuming that I'm doing something that I'm really not, right? And so getting some, you know, 
getting some non-industry eyes to look at that is super important. Uh, to you know, as you as you reveal those assumptions, then you can sharpen your process and your communication better to deal with those things. Because they're you know even. Gosh, I've been building websites since 1995. I'm still uncovering little pockets of assumption that I'm I'm dealing with and getting better at. It just it's the nature of the game. Um, the the other part of this is you know what if the client doesn't tell you everything, um, and sometimes they don't think they need to tell you. It's like you know talking to a, a medical doctor. You know you might just not think about sharing something, but a good doctor asks good questions. And, you know, I talked about communicating as a great soft skill that'll set you apart. Asking great questions is part of that. Like if you can learn to ask great questions in that first conversation with the client where you're trying to determine what's the goal of this project and what's the scope of work going to be and that sort of thing. And just asking question after question, not answering in your mind questions for the client and assuming that this is what the client means, but really asking many questions layered. You know, I've got a checklist of questions that I ask in every intake call with a client. Um, you know, if I didn't use a checklist, I would inevitably forget one and that one would be the one most important thing I should have asked to the client, right? So it's, it's about systems. And there's a system of questions we're going to ask and we're going to keep asking until we get to that point of clarity. So it's super important. Uh, you get the clarity, you, you don't have as many problems going in. Now, as far as the kinds of clients that'll just rip you off, um, you know... I think everybody starts with a bevy of bad clients. Like that's just, it's sort of the, that's how you earn your stripes in the, in the agency world. Yeah. I just um, want to make sure, make it clear the ones that are trying to find something wrong because yes. they all, from the beginning, they weren't going to pay you or right. they weren't going to pay the, the, they paid a, they should pay a deposit dependent. Yes. We're going to go into that. Yes. Um, but, they ha- when you dig in, they, they've done it to other people. They, 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 from day one, was part of their business uh, rationality was that if they could get out of it, they weren't going to pay you. But I want to make it clear they're a very small minority, but they are there. Would you they agree? are out there, uh, 100%. So one of those questions that I always ask is, have you worked with other developers in the past? How'd that go? And you know, if a client, if those kinds, you can usually reveal those sorts of clients by that question because they'll start to talk about and complain about previous developers they've looked at. And for me, in those conversations, complaints about previous developers are a huge red flag. It's, it's all stop. We're going to stop and ask a bunch of questions about this because one of two things may be happening here. Number one, they truly may have worked with a knuckleheaded web developer in the past, right? Well, there are I, quite a few bad oh ones, aren't gosh. there? There, you know, we've taken on rescue sites where the developer has just vanished into thin air. And you look at these things and I'm like, this person had to try to build something this bad. Like it was, it's just bad, right? So that, that's out You've there. You've been looking at my website. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But, you know, those people are out there, right? Like we had a site one time, it was a WooCommerce site. And they had between the theme and some plugins and some code, there were 36 separate image sizes defined in this WordPress site. So every time an image was uploaded, just 8,000 images are, yeah, it's just bizarre. You thing. looking at my website. <laughs> so, you know, that may be the case. You know, so I, you know, I, I understand that. But this could also be a person who, whether they're really out to get you or out to rip you off or whether they just, they just may not, they may be the kind of person who can never be pleased by anybody, right? And so if I don't weed this person out, 
I'm going to cost myself a lot of emotional heartache and oh, a lot of time. That's a whole different subgroup. Oh, it, it totally that's is. A, that's a different subgroup, the one that can be never pleased. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the one. They're quite rational, but they have... I know people outside the web. That's part of, you know, we had a president. Um, I don't want to be political. Um, oh, maybe I am. Um, but he had a track record. It's well known that his track record was not paying subcontractors. Um, yeah. for doing, and that was part of his business model. Uh, um, there are people out as part of their business model. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And so the way you protect yourself from people like that um, First of all, a lot of folks in, in, at the level of agency that I work at, uh, in and mine and with in coaching, we're getting most of our, our, our uh, business by referrals, which I wholeheartedly endorse. And you, you tend not get those kinds of people through referrals, but that's why you have to have a good contract and you have to have good payment terms. You're, you've got to get 50% up front. And, you know, like some of the language in my proposal or in, in the contract is, you know, once you sign off, that deposit is non-refundable for any reason. And, you know, having good payment terms uh, is is critical. Well, just to finish off before I go to our break, what about what I, a very English word, bonk, the bonker client? The bonker client through mental, they're odd, got some mental illness or they're on. Have you? I've had two. One was a major CEO, will not name, but they were... I found out halfway through, and it was confirmed by other people, they were a hardcore alcoholic. Yeah. Have you had those, had the pleasure of dealing with one of those? I have some that I am, I would not be surprised if that was the case. You know, people in people who own businesses, I think that the rate of addiction is a lot higher in that group. Um, I just, I mean, it is. And addiction is a real thing. And I, you know, I have a lot of compassion for that. Uh, but I also have a, I have to protect myself and my family from, People who are, you know, ha- who have issues coming in and, and stepping across the boundaries and ruining my personal world. Well, they tend I, to have no boundaries. Exactly. They? So that's why you have to build strong fences. That's why it's so important to have contracts and proposals that govern your relationship with the client and things in a contract like this is the way we communicate. You can communicate with me by email and expect a response during normal business hours. We don't respond by text. We don't do social media DMs. We don't, you know, this is how you communicate with us. And if you communicate differently, we're not going to respond to it. And that it's just, it goes back to good systems and processes. Virtually all client problems can be solved or significantly reduced by good systems and processes. That's great. We're going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding. Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Alamator or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Hey, 
Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. We're coming back. Oh dear, this has been a episode of Woe and Darkness. Very, uh, very suitable for the tribe, you know, I'm down. Um, before we go into the second part, but it's been very useful in education, although. Um, before we go into the second part of this great interview, I just want to say, you need to sign up for the WP Tonic Newsletter. Um, in that newsletter, we have all the latest news in WordPress and some of the leading tech stories, plus a, a weekly editorial written by me, and you sample my, I call it English humour, you might call it something else. Uh, um, you can get that by going to wptonic slash newsletter and sign up. Uh, um, over to you, John. Yes, uh, Nathan, before the break, we were, you were talking about uh, maintaining these fences with clients and you were talking about the importance of proposals and contracts, spelling out the terms of the engagement. Can you uh, elaborate on how proposals and contracts uh, keep the, the client agency relationship on track? Yeah, absolutely. So, um for some people, that's the same document. Some people present a proposal, scope of work, and a contract all in one. We do it as two separate documents. But whatever you're doing, in whatever document or set of documents you have, there should be a very, very clear scope of work as to what we're doing for you in this project and how much it's going to cost, period. Like, that's it. And then there needs to be a list somewhere of the rules of the road for every project that we do uh, those don't change from project to project. The scope of work may change, but the fact that we don't design for Internet Explorer 6 unless it's specifically requested by the client and itemized in the scope of work. But little things like that, right? And, you know, we you're, don't... You're, you're making me start to sweat by mentioning <laughs> Explorer 6, David. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, that happens, right? Like, how, how often do you get to the end of a project and the client says oh, this doesn't look right in my web browser. And you dig into it and they're using a 12-year-old Mac with the original native version of Safari for OS Leopard or whatever, you know, 8,000 years ago. And you know, this, so, you know, we designed for the current versions of web browser. That, those sorts of things that don't change from project to project need to be specified somewhere. So for us, it's a two-document approach. There's a proposal of services and a master services agreement uh, that the client signs on the project uh, outset. And what that does is whether they read the full MSA or not, they've at least agreed to the rules and that becomes the basis of communication. So anytime the client has expectations that you, you might not get to through a good thorough series of questions on the intake, uh, the, in order to avoid arguments, that's why it's so important to have a great contract is, you know, if they have questions and that their expectations aren't met, well, you know, this was covered in the master services agreement. So it becomes not a personal issue at all. It's, you can reference back to a document they signed. And, you know, there are some clients that, every, gosh, every, everything they say has an exclamation point at the end. Their favorite word is now, it's got to be done this way and whatever. And that kind of drama 
the, the, and that's the kind of problem client I call the drama queen, although that is definitely not gender. Like I've met plenty of drama kings too, right? Uh, like the, it, it's just always a problem. It's always drama. And the thing about drama, system trumps drama. Like you refer back, this is covered in the, the, the contract. This is, you know, this is what we agreed to on the outset of this project. And it, when you, it, it really tends to um, disseminate that sort yeah, of. I've got a quick diversity. tip. I want to see if you agree with this. If you've got a client, first of all, email is very useful, but it's a very harsh medium. Um, and if a client communicates with you in a very abrupt way, firstly, do not answer straight away. Yes. Leave it for a day if you can. Secondly, always reply with a question. What you know, I'm slightly puzzled by this email. Can you give me more information? Yeah, help me understand this. Let me understand this. Let me be your friend again. Uh, um, would you agree with those two oh, things? Do not answer email, emails straight away. And Slack is even worse if it's somebody on Slack. For God's sake, don't, don't get slack lightus, as I call it. Yeah. You know, I think, um, and this this comes from after a, a, you know, a lot of years of therapy for me personally, but I've learned to pay attention to how I'm feeling. And when uh, when an email comes in that raises my ire, like I feel the fire right here, right? Like it just, like I, I, I'm, I'm getting defensive, like I'm ready to fight, right? Oh, you feel it burning in your chest. Oh, listen. How dare they talk to yes, me this way? exactly, right? And I think anybody that's worked with clients in any capacity understands that kind of communication. If it's a voicemail or an email or whatever, good grief. Okay, I could respond with the best worded, like snide, cutting, win the argument, and that'll be the best email I never should have sent, right? So that those are the ones that you, even if you want to write it out to make yourself feel better, stick it in a drafts for overnight and come back and rewrite it tomorrow morning. You know, put it, put the letter in a drawer and come back to it because now that, you know, especially when you're dealing with a problem client, you, you don't want anything like that that they can refer back to. You always want your written communication to be very professional, uh, inquisitive, and curious. Like you said, asking questions is such a great disarming uh, tool. You know, and I've even asked clients, "Did you was this what you meant when you said this?" You know, uh, and so it, it asking questions is a great tool. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the other thing is, um, I found. Um, and people have disagreed with me because they say it, it's um, it's a, allowing this allows you to increase your charging. I, I see where they're coming from, but I'd still totally. Um, project drift. Um, I think I think it's best to advise a client to do a minimum minimum viable project then bidding even if they agree and it's a really juicy proposal because i think the longer project goes on the more it can go pear shaped yes yes and and also um that's my my view i think having a, a stage 1 and i'm getting this from a friend of the show veto having a stage 1 and getting it out the door and getting paid and then talking to the client about a stage two or a stage three um, because 
if a project goes longer than it was estimated, as soon as you take a deposit, as soon as you take a check from a client, a client will never take any responsibility for more, <laughs> they, as far as they're concerned. And if you can't keep grips with a project and keeping it on, to, it's not their problem, even though they're the one that's not giving the text. They're the yeah. one that's not providing the logo. They're the one that disappears and disappearing for weeks, months, not replying to email, not replying to calls, if anybody says that that's never happened to them, then they are a professional web designer, developer, they're lying. So that's actually one of the four client types I describe in my book and in my talk. I call them the invisible man. You know, the invisible man just disappears during the middle of the project. And that's okay, except when they reappear with unreasonable demands to get the thing done. Well, you've had this for six months. Well, yeah, well they, that's been, what they will been, say. They're the ones that do say that. Yes. So a, a couple of things on this. You need a great process for dealing with disappearing clients. And so part of the monster contract and part of my, uh, my contract that I use in my agency, which is what, is what became monster contracts, is you know, what happens on suspended and delayed projects. And there's very clear things that happen. Now, not only that, but you've got to have a great communication strategy uh, to reinforce this. So, you know, there's a point, there's like, there's a kill switch finally at the end of this, where if after a certain amount of time, there's no response, the project is dead, the deposit is lost, we're done. Now, I've never had to invoke that, but it's there to protect me. Uh, but you have to have good communication along the way with this. Now, I've got a great friend, Aaron Flynn. Um, Aaron recommends this, she calls the three-sentence email, I call it the Friday email, Every Friday, we send an update to our clients of every active project of what's going on, right? It's, it's three sentences. It's past, present, future, past. This is what we did this week on your project. Present, this is where we are in terms of the project completion. Future, this is what we're working on next week. Uh, any questions, just let us know, right? So it's just a, it's a project status email update. And that's the place to remind the client, we're still waiting on the About Us page text. We're still waiting on the freaking logo you know, whatever. And by the way, if, you know, this project, if we don't get this next week, it's going to be suspended. It's going to be taken out of our production pipeline. And then we'll, you know, when it when your stuff comes in, we'll put it at the end of the pipeline and work its way through. But there's going to be a delay because you've delayed. But so if you bake in uh, systems for communicating information like that, it happens. It's a beautiful thing. But just to finish off before we wrap up the podcast part of the show and go on to bonus content is, um, uh, would you agree that as soon as they give that deposit check, you know, them disappearing, as far as they're concerned, that's your problem? Well, that's where uh, that's mm. so this kind of goes back to clients that have never worked with an agency before versus those that have. Uh, it's it's part of our responsibility to onboard the client, right? So I from the very first I call I sorry to interrupt, I call it ghosting. Yeah, 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 right. It's, it's poof. They're gone. Where are they, right? And you can pick up, by the way, these tendencies in clients. Like if, they're, if they take three days to return a phone call or if they miss a scheduled meeting or if they're just slow in the pri- – or, you know, they, they start out responding quickly and then now, okay, now it's a week before I get it. You know, even in the beginnings of scheduling the, on, the, 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 the call to understand the scope of the project, those people don't change. Like that tendency doesn't get they, better. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but they say, well – I'm really busy. So what, yeah, sure. they're really, what they're really saying is, 
well, I'm really busy and I don't care fuck that you're really busy. That's your problem. Yeah, well, so like they reach out when the website that day is their top priority. But then tomorrow, one of their other 15 top priorities is the top priority, right? So those are clients that you can choose not to work with. Or if you do work them, see, here's the thing. If you discover a problem in your process, it's an opportunity to offer a service to solve the problem. So if in your process, clients are ghosting you, well, okay, we need to create a service that does this. So for example, the number one place that clients tend to go to sleep is on when they're, you're asking them to provide content for their website. Well, you know, you provide content. I mean, how many projects are we waiting on content for? Good Lord, it happens to everybody. Uh, and the problem is when you ask a client to give you some text, they may not write well. Number two, even if they do write well, you're sending them into like an existential spiral of really who am I and where am I? And it's all these questions, right? So the answer to this is, and I've got all these projects on delay I need to create a service to solve that problem. So a, a problem in your process is an opportunity to provide a service to solve the problem, which means I'm going part to partner with some great content writers. And so if you have an invisible man at the beginning of this project that's gonna, it's already starting to disappear, you say, look, in my experience, uh, this project is probably going to get stalled on content. So let me recommend that we're going to we bring in a content writer at the beginning. It's going to add this much to the project. They're going to need three hours of your time maybe one hour over an afternoon over the next couple of weeks where they can do some interviews with you, grab the content, write something beautiful, and we can build it, right? Yep. All right. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. We've got uh, um, we got bonus content to see the whole interview plus the bonus content. Go over and sign up for the WP Tonic YouTube channel. We've got fantastic resource we've got fantastic interviews um lessons we've got ton of content over on that channel so sign up for that so john what's the best way for people to find out about your agency john and also your great youtube channel yeah it's it's pretty easy i'm locked down seo everywhere uh so on the socials but uh, most of the time, you can find me either on my website, lockdownseo.com, and uh, the same thing for the YouTube channel. So, yeah, you want to sign, you want to know more about um, SEO, folks, go over to John's channel. Nathan, what's the best way to find out more about you and your great products, which awesome. I use myself? Yeah, so uh, monstercontracts.com. Uh, if, actually, if you're interested in the book, Go to myfriendlymonster.com. That gives you links to both the Monster Contract product and the direct link to Amazon for the book. That's a short read. It's a lot of fun for the book. The contract is designed to be a great template starting place for you to put your process into, shape around some of the language we have there, give it to a local attorney just to make sure it meets all the criteria for your local area, and you got a great solid contract from there. Yeah, it's great. Like I say, go over to the WP Tonic YouTube channels and watch the rest of this great interview and subscribe to the channel. It really does support not only the channel, but this podcast. We see you next week with another great interview with either somebody from the WordPress ecosystem or from SAS. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group and also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.